morning, everyone. It is exciting to be up here. I'm usually behind the keyboard or singing. So getting to speak is a little bit of a change. And it's an exciting one, too. Usually, this time of year is full of changes, so this shouldn't be too unexpected. This is a time of year when I tend to sit down and I'm the type of person that loves to write everything out. Richie called me out on this after about a month of me being here. In every meeting, I'm the only person with a notepad and a pen, and no matter what it is, I'm making a list. I'm writing it out because if I don't have a list, it's not getting done. That's just how I'm at. That's how I am. So all my goals, all my dreams, and reflections on the past year go down on the paper for me because that time for me is just like, there's a jumble up in here, and if I put it down on paper, it suddenly makes sense. Uh, and that is just like my mental health time. That is the time for me where I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna crush this year. And uh, you can imagine that last year on the first in the first week of January, I had a little bit higher hopes for <laughs> the way that my 2020 would go. I wasn't exactly expecting a pandemic, but. There are still ways in which God has continued to work and to grow. And so this year, as I've reflected on the past year, I've gotten to see lots of ways in which I've grown. And I probably would never have grown that way if we hadn't gone through these crazy times. So that has been amazing. Societally, this is the time that we use, even though nothing is different now standing here than it was, you know, December 31st. There's really no real difference but we get to make a mental reset, right? We get to reassess and say, all right, this year, this is what I'm gonna try and do differently. So I think it's the perfect time to look at what Jesus has to say about our growth. So let's look at what scripture has to say. In John 15, one through eight, if you wanna turn there with me or pull out your Bible apps, the Bible says this. I am the true vine, this is Jesus speaking, And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you may bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." I think that's really beautiful. We're not meant to stay in one place. We're meant to move. We're meant to grow. We're meant to change. Jesus compares us to branches connected to the vine, and branches, plants, they grow. We're bearers of fruit, and we're connected to the life force, the vine, Jesus Christ. Jesus says, God cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. God is continually pruning us, 
molding us, shaping us, helping us to grow and to become better. It doesn't matter how far you've come. God is not done with you yet. God is never finished with us. He is continually making us new. But Jesus doesn't stop there. This next part is really important. In verse 18, we read, If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you don't belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours as well. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else did, they wouldn't be guilty of sin. But as it is, they've seen, and yet they hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in the law. They hated me without reason. We're called to bear fruit, but not only are we called to bear fruit, we're called to be uncomfortable. And that's the catch, because that's the part we hate. We're like, all right, I can follow you. I can do, I can come into this whole, this life, this goodness, all the great parts of being a Christian, but then Jesus says, it's going to be uncomfortable. People are going to hate you for it. And we go, whoa, slow your roll there, Jesus. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know about this whole uncomfortable thing. Maybe other Christians are supposed to be uncomfortable. Maybe, like, some people who are, like, really super Christians. You know those people who just, it seems like it comes easy to them. They're just really, really great. You're like, maybe you should put them in the uncomfortable position. But I don't know about me. I kind of like where I'm at. And we get held up because we don't want to be uncomfortable. I am so guilty, so, so guilty of pulling out my phone and going onto Instagram when I'm in a room with people that I don't know. Because I'm like, oh, I got to pretend like I, I like have something to do on here. Instagram, immediately. I refuse to be uncomfortable. If you've ever walked into a grocery store and seen someone that you like went to high school with and like you know their name but you're not sure they know you, that's just like, ooh, I forgot the pasta on that aisle over there. We hate being uncomfortable. So when Jesus says, people are going to hate you for this, it's not going to be easy. We say, wait a minute. I don't know about this. I'm going to tell you a story. When I was 10 or 11, I was young. I don't know exactly how old I was. I went to church camp. My parents used to send me to church camp. Uh, not a Nazarene camp. I did not grow up Nazarene. So it was a little different. I was required to wear um, floor-length skirts. Those were the days. Not anymore. Uh, but I went to this church camp. And at this church camp, they had a ropes course. And it's like 40 feet in the air, like the coolest ropes course ever. Like you go across this tightrope and you're holding on to like there's like four ropes, then they're stretched out farther and farther, the, like the farther you get. And then you have to walk across this log 40 feet in the air, right? Like no hands. And I was a gymnast 
for about eight and a half years. So zero fear, zero fear of heights, zero fear of climbing on things. Like I was ready to go. We, we got to that camp and they were like, there's a ropes course. And I was like, there's a what? Hold up. I was ready to show up every kid at that camp. Like there was no question who was gonna be the best at the ropes course, all right? So I show up and I climb up that ladder, 40 feet in the air, no big deal. I go all the way through, like the log, are you kidding me? I walk on a balance beam every day. Like I was across it in five seconds. And I get to the end and there's this ledge. And then about like four feet and a trapeze bar. And again, like, I jump from one bar to the next every day in gymnastics. Like, no problem, right? I'm a pro. And I get to the, the edge of the ledge, and there's a guy up there who, when I jump, he's going to, like, lower me down because we have harnesses on. And he says, all right, go ahead. You can jump. And so I'm like, get ready. I look at the bar, and I look at the guy. I'm ready to go. Give him a little smirk, you know, because I'm excited, and I'm like, I just beat this rope course. And then, last second, I made the tragic mistake of looking down. And I was stuck. I looked at the bar again, and I looked at the guy, and I looked back down, and in my head I was like, oh no, I can't jump. And I think that sometimes we get right to the edge of the ledge, right to the end of where we're confident, right to the edge of where we can go on our own, and God says, okay, you can jump. And we say, yeah. And we look down. And we get scared. We feel uncomfortable. And we, we know that when we jump, that God is supposed to catch us. He says he will. This is supposed to be safe. Like, there's ropes attached to me. God is here to catch me. But what if I fall? What if I fail? What if something bad happens to me? And we box ourselves in. We're scared. And we can't make ourselves jump. We can't seem to make that leap. But God says, come on. There's so much freedom on the end, like on the other end of this jump. All you have to do is come to me. I have you. I have this. I have something so good for you. There's so many opportunities, so many good things. There's peace. There's grace. There's joy. All you have to do is trust in me. And we hold ourselves back. On New Year's Eve, Richie talked about the story of Peter walking on the water to Jesus. And Jesus is walking on the water. He clearly has control of this, right? He has mastered the water. He's standing out, and Peter says, Jesus, I want to walk on the water. And Jesus says, come on then. Why not? Come on. Take the leap. Step out of the boat. And Peter says, yeah, great. And what does he do? He takes that first step, and he looks down, and he doubts. He's scared, and he starts to sink. But the end of that story isn't that Peter sinks into the water and drowns. Jesus reaches out a hand and he says, hey, why did you doubt me? I was here the whole time. I had you. I had control. I have the power to overcome this. You didn't have to doubt. Have faith. We face so many obstacles. 
it is no secret that life is difficult. Things happen. We have health issues. We lose family members. We have relationship issues. We worry about getting that job or about whether we should move. We worry, we worry. And there are so many things that come up and that we have to face. Life is tough, and the devil works hard to discourage us, to pull us into temptation and despair, and we fail time and time again. It's human nature. It happens. We fail, and we can't do it on our own. But Romans 8, 1 through 4 has something to say about that. says this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the spirit of flesh, but according to the spirit of God. God overcame the powers of sin and death that hold us back. We fail. Things happen. Heartbreak comes. But God is victorious over all of it. Jesus came and he died on the cross for all of those things. And then he didn't stop there. He rose again. He overcame sin and death. And we are not bound by those things anymore. All we have to do is say, God, I trust you. I believe that you're bigger than these things that I face. I believe that you're bigger than my doubts. I believe that you're bigger than my insecurities. I believe that you're bigger than the things that I'm facing. You're bigger than my worries. You're bigger than my struggles. You are bigger than sin and death. I believe that, and I'm taking this leap so that I can find freedom in you because my control, my control only goes so far. I'm stuck on the ledge. I can only do so much without God. We can only go so far. That's what this passage is saying. John 15, 5 through 8 says this. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. We're called to bear fruit, and God says that is to my glory. Ask whatever you wish. Anything that you ask of God in my name, it will be done because God has overcome There's another part of that that is so important, and it's this. Trust is built over time. Relationship is what builds trust. I didn't trust my husband when we first met, right? That would be weird if I did, right? I didn't know him. Why would I trust him not to hurt me or to take care of me? I I wouldn't. It took time. I had to get to know him. I had to get to know his character. And I don't believe that God says... Come on, 
scripture says I'm perfect. Scripture says I'm powerful. You have to just trust me. And if you don't, well, no deal. No. God understands us. God cares for us. And God says, I'm not afraid of your big questions. Test me. And I will show you that I love you and I care about you. I believe that if we ask God to show us the ways in which he is moving, the ways in which he is bigger than our problems, that he will. But we have to lean into that relationship. We have to connect to the vine. In order to bear fruit, we have to be connected to Jesus Christ. Victory is the promise of God, and it comes when we find relationship with Jesus Christ. So I don't know what it is. I don't know what you carried in here today. I don't know if you're struggling to make a decision and you feel like, man, I know God is asking me to do this, or there's a stirring. God is asking me to do something, and I am terrified. I don't like change. I don't like to be uncomfortable. God is asking me to do something, and I am scared. Or maybe you're feeling really crippling grief, and you're just asking, God, what are you doing right now? What is it that you're doing? Because I'm scared and I'm hurt. Maybe you're worried that the obstacle you're facing will not be overcome. I don't know what it is, but I do know this. Jesus Christ overcame, and we are the children of God. We are conquerors through Jesus Christ, and God is constantly working on your behalf. So it doesn't matter what battle you are facing, you have already come out victorious because God is working on your behalf, and God never loses. We're called to bear fruit, and we're called to stand strong even when it becomes uncomfortable. And we do, when we do that, God is faithful to stand by our side, to bring us peace, joy, grace, to bring us love. God is good. God is faithful. And when you are willing to say, all right, this ledge is scaring me. I'm terrified. But I believe that you will catch me. So I'm going to take this leap. When you do that, God is faithful. God catches you. And God breaks down every barrier. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you for the ways in which you are faithful to us. Thank you for the things that you overcome for us. Thank you for sending your son to die on a cross so that the law of sin and death would be broken. Sin and death have no power over us, and I am so thankful this morning that that is true, that we get to proclaim that, that the songs we sing are true. We can say God, when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand chance. And there's power that can break every single chain. There's power that can raise the dead to life. And this, this morning, I just pray that you would give us courage. Whatever it is that we're facing, whatever kind of struggle, whatever kind of obstacle, any doubt, any fear, I pray that you'd give us courage to say, I'm here. I'm here on the edge of this ledge, and it scares me, but you know what? I hear you, God, and I'm saying yes. I'm available to you.
here I am. Send me. I pray that you would give us eyes to see the ways in which you are working, and I pray that you would give us a heart to lean into relationship with you. You're so good. We love you and we praise you. It's in your name we pray.